This morning I was listening to YouTube praise and worship and the song Isaiah 6 came on and um, so I'm paraphrasing, it's not directly out of King James Version, okay? But it said, I saw the Lord and he was seated on his throne. The train of the robe filled this temple and the angels were circling around him crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So I just kind of stopped for a second when I was getting ready because I had one of those female mornings where like nothing went right. I just stopped for a second and I was like, Picturing that, you know, picturing what Isaiah saw, God sitting on the throne, angels all around him. And in the midst of those angels, I saw my boy and, you know, and I saw my mom and just pictured people that we love with those angels and they're just crying, holy. And I thought, God, give us a taste of that today. Just, just give us a sprinkling of it even, God, because a sprinkling here would be like, a flood. So God, just give us, give us that today. So I want you to stand. I'm going to pray. And we're going to welcome God's spirit to just rain down on us and cry out, holy, holy is the Lord. Dear God, as we come before you, we thank you, God. We thank you that we are able to join together. God is one family. God, and no matter what this week has brought us, Lord, I know school started back, so there's a lot of exhaustion, a lot of tiredness. But God, we come to you because you are our strength. Lord, we cry holy with those angels, God, because you are so, so holy. So God, pour it out today, God. We have opened up our doors, God. Lord, we pray you open the floodgates of heaven and let it pour. Just let it pour, God. Flood us today. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
sometimes that's that's all we can give is a hallelujah. And I know back, um, most of you probably know Carlin's my husband, but back back when I first became a Christian, and I lost most of my friends, pretty much all of them, because I didn't party anymore with them. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, I didn't know much, but I could say, praise you, Lord, hallelujah. You've got this. And then he, he was in a rock and roll band, and when he was out paying, playing in the bars and I was staying at home with my kids and I was broken but I could say hallelujah you've got this and sometimes I couldn't see it but I could say it I couldn't see what God was working on and year after year I continued to pray and I had good days and I had bad days but I could always say Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You've got this. Even when I was broken. And then even when he became a Christian, you know, things happen in life. You know, people, you lose your jobs. You may lose a spouse. You may lose a child. But hallelujah, Lord, you've got this. You know, you may have, there's so many things, you know, that, that come in our life at different times, you know, um, maybe you have children that have went astray. Maybe your children, your child come home pregnant and just different things that could happen. But God's got it. You just need to sing hallelujah. You may not like the circumstance. You may not like what you're going through. But God is still good in the midst of all this. And sometimes we lose sight of that. I lose sight of that. You know, there's been many times I've lost sight of who God really is. But I know that my God saved me. And I know how He turned my heart around from the things I used to do to the things I do. doesn't mean I'm perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I want to please my God. And that's... I want to be able, you know, even in the midst of it, to be able to sing hallelujah. You've got this. And know without a shadow of a doubt, He has everything. And He's going to be the victorious one. And I just want to praise Him today. So, Lord, I just... Oh, do you have that verse in you? I told Carlin today, today I said... Are you closing today? I said, I have something. But normally when I plan something, I get uh, a little, a lot nervous. And so, can you read? Oh, I can. I got this. He's got this. Uh, it was the verse of the day in which my norm, like when I, I always open my Bible app, I open every day and I read the verse and most times I go ahead and read the chapter and uh, that's where the what I read this morning earlier came from but but the verse of the day is uh, Psalm 68 19 praise the Lord praise God our Savior exclamation I always like that exclamation it's important for each day he carries us in his arms <laughs> and that just I needed that this morning and I, apparently Justine needed that, and I know probably a lot of you needed that, but he carries us. So thankful for that. Well, I, and I didn't, hadn't read the verse of the day, so whenever I told him kind of what was on my heart, he's looking at me like, well, that's the verse of the day. So I thought, praise you, Lord. But yes. anyway. So glad you joined us this morning, and I would like you to make yourself friendly and greet someone around you. Amen. I hope that that part of gratitude where Carlin said, sing it out as loud as you can, I hope it came through on our live feed because you guys were rocking. I could hear it out here and it's, it's uh, we went to another level in our singing 
in that moment. And it's powerful to hear the saints of God praising the Lord together with one voice. So I hope they heard that online. That's the benefits of being in the house. You get to know it right here. So and if you're able to be here and you're at home watching from your couch instead, Join us. Get back in here. We miss you. We miss the giftings that you have for God's people. So please be with us each week. All right. Let's start. I did go to a pastor's conference last week and got a lot of stuff poured into me. Um, I got to meet the pastor's wife that was kind of putting that on. And they lost a son that was in his 40s last year. And she was able to pour into me. I prayed before I went, let me meet one of them. God, let me meet one of them. And sure enough, Friday night she came out greeting people in the lobby and walked right up to me. Isn't that how God does things? Out of a thousand people, she walked up to me and I got to share my story and what we've been through and what they've been through. And uh, one thing that stuck out to me that she said, I need a Kleenex, I've been crying today. You know how this goes, watch out for the big nose. In my microphone. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, one of the main things she said to me that I took away was, we never let ourselves get too far into a pit. We just didn't let ourselves do that. And that's so important, whether you're going through what we went through, whether you're going through something difficult in life, don't let yourself get into a pit. And I'm not saying God can't pull you out of that, but it just changes your whole perspective on things when you allow yourself to be sunk down and, and, and weighed down by whatever you're going through. God doesn't want you to be there. I know it's difficult. I know we grieve. I know we go through things, but don't let yourself get to that place. And I took that away and she poured into me and um, it, was, it was good. And I got a lot of stuff out of it. Uh, some books that I'm reading now. It just, it was a powerful few days for me, a day and a half. And I appreciate you guys again Let me go down there. So I'm going to preach out of some of what I took away from it for, I don't know how many weeks, but the title of this series is Kingdom Come. And it's going to shift and change, hopefully, our perspective on a lot of things as we talk about this over the next several weeks. Um, but I just want to lay a foundation this morning for this series, Kingdom Come, Okay. When I was a young boy growing up, I remember uh, that I always went to church. Here's my dad on the front row. They always took us to church. Uh, some people like to laugh at it and say I had a drug problem. They always drug me to church. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> but every time the doors were open, we were there. I'm thankful for that now. Kids, be thankful that your mom and dad keep you in church. But we always went, even when they were making peanut brittle on Saturdays, it's always there. And in all the churches I visited, I always heard a simple message, and it was the gospel of salvation, right? And by that, I mean, we're all sinners, but if we accept God's grace, Jesus would save us and we would go to heaven. Everybody's heard that, right? And if we didn't accept Jesus, well, if you've looked at the weather and you think it's going to be hot this week... Just wait if you don't accept him. Anybody hear that growing up? <laughs> the gospel of salvation. And it got, as I grew up and in my teen years, it got a lot of people through the door of the church, but it didn't get them much farther. I'm going to say that again. It got a lot of people through the doors of the church, but it didn't get them much farther. You'd live a good religious life, you support your church with your ties, you keep on that narrow path, and an angel band's going to usher you into heaven when you die. We've heard that. I heard that growing up. And here I am later in life, and I think about all that I heard, all that I've witnessed during my years as a young boy and into my teen years. I've seen churches filled with good people. I've seen churches... Uh, full of loving people. I've seen hateful people in the church. I know it doesn't make sense. Um, and if you're one of those hateful people, let me just stop for a second. <laughs> if you're one of those hateful people and you ever, ever, ever in my, in my, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Presence. You say something to somebody that comes into this church and it's hateful, we're going to have a problem. I'm not threatening you. I'm just saying we're, having, we're going to have a problem. If you're coming in into this house each week and somebody new comes in and you tell them they smell of alcohol or they stink or they smell like cigarettes or they smell like marijuana or they look like they're drunk, you're part of the problem. And if I witness it, so help me, we're going to talk. Love, love people where they're at. So I've seen religious nuts in the church who thump people in the head with the Bible and they condemn them and they go aggressively at them and don't make them feel welcome. I've seen powerful things through the Holy Spirit. I've seen a lot of things done in the flesh as well that weren't of God. I've seen some hypocrites who act like sheep in the church only. And I still do. Most of the church people I've seen were trying to measure up to the standards that were set before them on how to do church. And I knew God loved them. They loved God. But there was still something missing. And over the years, churches have come and gone, sadly. Preachers have come and gone. Revivals have lifted people up only to see those people slowly sink back down. And my question to myself as I, as I was looking at this series and putting this together is where was, where is the victorious church that Jesus spoke of? Quiet. Where is the victorious church that Jesus spoke of? While the gospel of salvation comes from certain scriptures in the word of God, sometimes we might miss many more about what we're supposed to be doing right now. In fact, this morning, I think we've missed some key scriptures that were part of Jesus' message while he was here on the earth that we're not even getting into yet. Why did Jesus come to earth? Come on, those people that like to blurt things out. Why did Jesus come to earth? Everybody's scared. <laughs> to seek and save that which was lost. Amen. Sometimes we think that's all he came to do. But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus did not just come to get people saved. His message was not, hey, pray this prayer and you don't go to hell. It's not what he was, that's not the only, I mean, that wasn't the only thing he was going around doing. Jesus' message was embodied in the prayer he taught his disciples in Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? And as we dig even deeper, Jesus' intentions were clear in Matthew 16.18. He said, I will build my church. In the Greek, that's called ekklesia, the called out ones, us, us as a body of believers. And it says, I will build my church, okay, the called, that's us, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Right. So now the focus on this individual salvation while I was growing up with, with the much touted personal relationship with Jesus, make sure you have a personal relationship with Jesus, seems incomplete when I read the gates of hell should not prevail against it. There's more than just me being saved and making it to heaven. Now, don't get me wrong. It's great when people get saved. Amen? Amen. I want to see more of it. It's still great, you know, from when I was growing up, it's still great today. And sometimes churches celebrate new birth in Jesus without any thought to that person's future. We got another number. We got 72 this year. We upped it by eight. But we don't think about that person's future. Now, we have changed some things, and now we have a discipleship process that we're helping people build that foundation, but there's still more. 
that's available to us. Do you know some people have sat in a church for 30, 40, 50, 60 years and never tapped into the authority that God's put inside of them? We see people saved and it's like we congratulate them that they're saved from the flames and now just sit here in our church and enjoy the ride until you get to heaven. There's more that God has for us. And we see a lot of, uh, of, of this people getting saved in churches and sitting around in churches at the expense of what Jesus actually came to do. Let's go to 1 John 3, 8. Are you ready for this? He did come to seek and save. That was lost. But look at the scripture right here. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. He was made visible, made known, seen, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Again, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil are much more than eternal suffering in hell. And destroying his works means so much more than just getting people saved. Jesus came to earth to establish a kingdom. It's one of the reasons he was here. The kingdom of God is made up of people fulfilling what Adam failed to fulfill. Each of us as believers is part of the whole. Now, could God just wipe us out and start all over? Yeah, done that before. But instead, he's given us the task of destroying the works of the devil to all of us as believers. How much you've been destroying lately? As we look around at the world, how much has the church actually been doing? At times, instead of destroying the works of the enemy, we are helping the enemy by, by, by condoning and accepting things that are contrary to God's word, even in the church house. The enemy has deceived the church. And we are accepting things and, oh, it's okay. And we are not standing on the principle of God's word and destroying the works of the enemy. And I know, I know, I know there has to be some want to in us, in our desires, our hopes, our prayers, our declaration, our resolve to do what God intends for us to do while we're here living and breathing. There has to be something inside of us that says, I want to do what you've called me to do. God has put his Holy Spirit inside of us to accomplish the same things, even more so that Jesus accomplished while he was walking this earth. That's scripture. The calling God has placed on our lives as believers is not just to be saved. Please don't just come in here, get saved and sit until you die. There is more things to accomplish in Jesus' name. And it's too hard for us to accomplish alone. We are the redeemed of God. We need to earnestly seek all that he would want us to accomplish and what's been promised to us. But it's not going to come by individual effort. It's going to come through kingdom. Kingdom. One built with each of us working together. It's not up to each of us, but to all of us as a church, as a body of believers united under our King. The kingdom of God is among us right now, but we must assemble as a kingdom. And we're going to learn how we can do that throughout this series and why we need to be establishing his kingdom right now, right here, right now. Do you know that everything we learn in life is filtered through ourselves? All that we've learned through experiences or studies, uh, uh, through our personalities or talents or perspectives. And that's not necessarily a bad thing until we discover that some of our filtering is actually given, giving us some wrong answers on things. And I'm hoping through this series, through the Holy Spirit, to shift our religious thinking like it's never been shifted before. I want us to be an army. 
that is on the attack against the work of the enemy. Because the gates of hell should not prevail against us. Will not prevail against us. I want this impact to be something that lasts for generations to come. I want my daughter to operate in the same things that we do. More. They need to see the power of God happening. They're seeing the power of the enemy do all kinds of things. They need to see the power of God become real in their house, in their church, in their lives. Our kids need to see this. I'm praying for our lives to shift. I'm praying for our families to shift. I'm praying for men to step up and be the men of God that they're supposed to be in their house. Stop letting the ladies be the spiritual heads. And I'm not knocking the ladies, but according to the word, men, you are supposed to be doing this. She's picking up your slack if she's doing it. Love you. I'm praying our ministries will shift. I'm praying that there will be a shift in our communities as well because of the kingdom come principle established in our lives and in this church. I want Holy Spirit to get a hold of us in a powerful way and change the way we've been doing things. So quiet today. Do you know that he is actually the best teacher? A person can have a theology degree, this has been thrown in my face before, and have five other degrees and whatever else pertaining to faith and still come to a place where all of it's worthless without the leading, guiding, and directing of the Holy Spirit. Without allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our lives, it's very difficult to walk with God. And again, don't get me wrong, there is worth in education, kids, stay in school, go to school, learn, 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 learn. But when it comes to theological studies, a lot of what gets studied is geared towards promoting a religious perspective rather than having kingdom insight through the Holy Spirit. So we can come up with our own theological positions on things, and we do. Why do you think there's so many different churches? But when it comes to theological studies, a lot of what gets studied, again, is geared more towards that religious perspective that people get and not what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I would much rather rely on Holy Spirit for my insight, for my discernment, for my direction, and my wisdom than anything else, because he is the best teacher. John 14, 26, if you don't believe me and say, Rick, you're lying. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. There it is. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. When we learn anything new, especially something that's big and impactful, there is a required letting go. We just heard this last night over at NYOC. Letting go of what we have believed in order to make room for what is replacing it. And this is, a, this is a conscious act of our will. We cannot love our old beliefs to the extent that we hang on to them more than the revealed truth of the Holy Spirit. But Rick, this is how we've always done it. Here's my best phrase I have right now. <laughs> when we did it this way, God really showed up. You said showed up like he's still not doing it. God may want to do a new thing, but I just can't let go of this old thing, Rick. Paul knew that at times we would say things like that. But we have to let go and press forward, and this was a necessary thing for Christian growth. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already attained. There it is. Or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then Jesus said it even more clearly, John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, And the truth shall make you free. How are we going to know what is truth? 
Because it'll make us free. How do we know we need this truth? Because we're not free. Good teaching from Holy Spirit will show us where we're not free in our lives. And then he will set us free. So that's what I have in mind as we're laying this foundation. As we look at this series called Kingdom Come, God's truth, I'm going to tell you this as simple as I can. God's truth is not complicated. It's not complicated. We're going to walk through this kingdom mentality and the way of life in a simple way. And remember, we all what? We filter information. That's normal. It's necessary. Without filtering, nothing we, we experience in life would make any sense. Okay? We assign value to what we see, what we hear. It's how we process information. For example, if I say cat, every person in here will assign a value to that word. Cat. Some of you in here will think, That's just a little furry animal that likes to be petted or sometimes doesn't like to be petted, okay? Um, And I'll get this out there and real clear too. It's not a person who believes they are a cat or a furry. (laughs) Just making that clear? Ain't nobody should be thinking that. That's silly, okay? Some older folks who actually remember the 60s, not me, might see a good jazz musician and say, that cat can play. Right? Still, some people in here, Brett, maybe, Geckner, will hear a cat and instantly think of a 60-ton bulldozer. Right? We all assign value to words that we hear. So I want, as we're going through this, for us to understand, as we study the Word of God, if the praise team will come back up, please. Again, I know this wasn't an in-your-face. This is just laying a foundation for what we're going to be talking about. That doesn't mean God can't still show up and move in these altars this morning for what you have need of, okay? So as we study the Word of God together, there are some things we need to ask ourselves each time we read it. How many read the Word of God? Don't you lie, okay? As you read the Word of God, ask yourself some things. Who is speaking, okay? We need to know who's speaking when we're reading it. Who are they speaking to? All right, these are important things as you're reading the word. What does it mean in that culture? In that time, what does it mean? And then also, how do I apply this to today? Okay, again, who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? What does it mean in that culture, in that moment? And how do I apply that to today? We're going to look over some of these things in 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 the next several weeks. Kingdom come. And as we follow that pattern, it's going to bring us freedom. It's going to bring us revelation about things. It's going to bring you revelation about things that you maybe thought all along were the way it was supposed to be, but God's word didn't say that at all. So as we move move forward in this series, I want us to remove things to, to, to bind, destroy the Western culture filter that we have in America. That we've allowed to filter the word of God. We have to come against maybe even some traditions that have actually made the word of God ineffective now. And learn to embrace the complete truth of all God has revealed to mankind. We have, again, so much more power and authority that we should be operating in. We have so much to be doing to be destroying the works of the devil. And we're not doing it. We're not. I want to finish with this. Just because you might know this does not mean that you know God. Some of you are probably already thinking, I'm filtering this. What did he just say? Just because you know this does not mean that you know God. And now you're saying, you better explain that before I go to the deacons after church. How many times have you seen, I'll just pick on pastors, Pastors, ministers, leaders fall that knew this. Morally fail that knew this. And they knew it well. The problem is you can know this and know this and know this, but unless you're obedient to it, 
you won't know God. So don't just read it. Don't just know it. Be obedient to it. Because everyone that falls, everyone that turns their back on God, everyone that backslides and goes the other way, at some point, we're disobedient to this. Simple. Right? You guys will stand this morning. Again, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to see us as a body of believers experience the fullness of God within the kingdom of God. Anybody else want that for your lives? I want to experience the fullness of God within the kingdom of God. Kingdom come. I'm going to pray this morning. And like I said, this wasn't directed at any certain thing. But if you have a need this morning, you've come to the right place. If you've come in here and you don't feel loved, you don't feel like you have any value, you've come to the right place because God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you, all of us, to forgive your sins, to lift that heaviness off of you, to lift those burdens off of you, to heal your body that's hurting. And I want us to operate in the fullness of God in these altars. When you come up here, I might have mentioned this before, very rarely do I hear somebody come up and say, I want to be healed. They come up and say everything that's wrong with them without giving God any credit for anything. When you come forward, it's okay to tell me what's going on, but speak faith into the situation. Where two or three gather in his name, we're coming together and he's going to be in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. He's going to heal what's ever hurting. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we praise you. We thank you this morning. And Father, I don't just want to do church. Father, I've even heard, Lord, I say this with reverence and respect. I've heard over and over, keep the main thing the main thing. But sometimes, even things we've heard for years, we need to think about because the main thing is Jesus but it's also for you to establish your kingdom through man who is on this earth so God I pray not only are we saved but Father we are filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness to go and do what you've asked us to do which is have dominion over the earth to destroy the works of the enemy to bring your light into the darkness just as you did Jesus as you walked this earth so Father I pray for open minds and hearts for us to let you do what you want to do in our, in our life in this church and Father that we would walk with a different authority as we learn from your word over the next several weeks Father about kingdom come Let's not just do church. Let's be the church, the powerful church that is an army of God. Father, right now, I open these altars. Anybody doesn't know you, I pray they come. Father, anybody needs something in their body, I pray they come and know that you're our healer. Father, somebody that's battling depression, I pray they come, Father, so the joy of the Lord can be their strength. We just worship you and we praise you. Have your way in this place, in Jesus' name, amen.
pursue him, pursue his presence, he will show up in powerful ways. He's doing that. We saw things happen last Sunday. We saw God restoring, God healing. And I'm telling you, he still wants us to see those things happening today in 2023. He wants to move in powerful ways. And I may get to this next week, it may be a couple weeks, but I'm gonna leave you with one thought. 
And I said it to Justine the other day and she looked at me like I was crazy for a second. God is not in control. He's in charge. And we're going to hit on this coming up. If God was in control, then we'd have to blame him for all the bad things that happen in this world. He's in charge. We have been given a power and authority and dominion to bring the kingdom of God and walk in that power and authority right here on earth. It's our choices, our decisions. So stew on that a little bit. Seek the Lord. Please invite people to church. Really, it's been on my heart a lot about this lately, even for myself, that every week I should be working on bringing somebody to church that doesn't know the Lord. Because we struggle as believers and we're here each week, so we know what that feels like to go through things, right? Imagine doing it without a church family, without God on your side. How difficult that has to be for people. Drag them here if you need to. Don't hurt them. But get them here because God has so much for us. And he has so much love for those people that don't know his love yet. Love you guys. Appreciate you. I'm going to have Stephen Allen, one of our deacons, pray us out. Uh, again, you're not dismissed. You are. And I'll have him pray.